0: This is On and Off Your Mad Podcast, episode 178, Building unshakable Confidence. Are you lacking a little confidence? Or maybe you catch yourself in self-doubt, in fear of failure, or in loops of negative self-talk? If you said yes to any of these, today's episode is for you. In this episode, we'll explore what it means to be confident and why even when we seem to kind of have it all, we can still feel dissatisfied. Whether you want to embrace your authenticity more fully or have the courage to set better boundaries, we'll cover everything you need to know and offer you tools you can start implementing today. For today's episode, I sat down with Caitlin Anglerd. Caitlin is a licensed social worker, confidence coach, coffee lover, and mama of three beautiful children. She is the host for Healthy Mind, Happy Life podcast. For the last 10 years, she has helped individuals heal from addiction, trauma, low self-worth, and mind-body disconnect. She has helped many people step into their confidence and own who they are through a variety of practices in and outside of the office setting. She has been through her own recovery from addiction, disordered eating, birth trauma, inner child healing, and patterns of self-sabotage. Caitlin believes that the journey is never finished, and we always have to keep unlayering and discovering who we are through life. If this episode helps you in any way, share it and help someone else on their journey. Leave a review on iTunes for them to find this episode or the podcast in general, and share your takeaways on social media. I always love to read your takeaways on the episode, so as you take a screenshot of the episode and share something you've learned on IG, make sure to tag at on and off your mat podcast. All right, if you're ready to build your confidence and live your most aligned life, let's get to today's episode with Caitlin.
1: Hi, Caitlin. Hey, Erica, how are you? I'm so well. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So for listeners that don't know you yet or don't know you very well, can
1: we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey? Yeah, absolutely. My journey. I have to think about how to recap this in uh-huh. a few minutes. <laughs> it's been Swift a long minutes. one. Yeah, it's been about 12 years that I feel like I've been on this journey. But I'm Caitlin Ingler. I'm a licensed social worker and confidence coach. And I guess if we date it all the way back to the beginning, I'm also a person in recovery. And so that's really where my journey began is I was struggling with a drug addiction of various things and my road ended and I had, I guess it was a crossroad and I had to decide which path I wanted to take. So I chose a path of treatment. And I went for 30 days, I got clean, and I was young, I was 20 years old. So it was like this fun, exciting thing, which most people wouldn't say about treatment. But for me, it was, there was something about it that captured my attention. And so I was going to school to be a teacher. And when I was in treatment, I had decided, I mean, I was almost failing out of college at that point, but I had decided to switch career paths. And so even though I was still getting clean and really new to that, I changed career paths and decided to go for substance abuse counseling. So I got out of treatment and I went to NA meetings, AA meetings all the time. I was finishing school, finished treatment, and I became a peer recovery coach in treatment. I had finished my treatment. So a peer recovery coach is kind of an in-between, a peer and a therapist, so I had kind of the best of both worlds where I could share my experience with everyone, but I was also learning a lot of skills that mm-hmm. gave me the foundation for what I have today. And so fast forward, you know, had a relapse and learned a lot from that experience. And that's my clean date, which is May 6th, 2011. It feels so long ago now, 2011. Congrats. <laughs> and so I went on and I started my career and there were a lot of bumps in the road. There were people telling me that I couldn't get the job I wanted or the internship I wanted because I didn't have enough clean time. So I had to do a lot of advocating for myself. And then I went on and I ended up getting a job and I took an entry level position, which (laughs) I was not happy with. But I took it because it was a foot in the door. Mm-hmm. And eventually that evolved and I did become in the role that I wanted to take on, which was a primary therapist working with women, and I did that until I went on to get my master's degree in social work. And then obviously things changed because school and work of life balance is not an easy one. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a few years and then I just kept evolving. After that, I continued to do therapy, and I also was getting married, and I got pregnant. So I was also trying to build my career, but building this family as well. So I had a lot of things going on at once, Mm -hmm. and it was, well, I guess I'll get into this later, very busy, and I always just felt like I had to keep doing these things because my ego said I needed to. Like you have to go on and accomplish this. You have to have the baby, yeah. you have to get married, you have to do this. Yep. And so I jam packed it all into one year, <laughs> 2016. It was like, graduated from my master's program. Check, check had a baby, check, got check. married, check. Wow. So it was, it was a lot in one year and it was an amazing year. I mean, so many good things. What came after that the year after was, I wouldn't say it was rock bottom, but it was definitely a low point where I didn't know what to do with myself because now I had all these amazing things happen at once. And I was so used to just climbing, climbing, climbing. I didn't really have anything to climb anymore. And I didn't know how to enjoy either. So I was trapped in this really uncomfortable place. And I really kind of lost myself. So, what do you do when you do that? You get pregnant again. And have another baby. Oh, is that the
0: solution? All right, I'll take notes. Yes,
1: that's the solution. (laughs) And that was a very big awakening for me because Mm. I had another baby. Now this was fast forward a couple of years. And I decided that the stay-at-home mom life was the thing for me. Mm. And that's what I did for a couple of years. And I realized within a year, it was not the thing for me. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard because I couldn't figure out what is wrong with me. And I would just focus on that. Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. I'm not happy. I have these two kids. So it and- has to be about
0: me because I've ticked all those
1: boxes.
0: It has to be about right. me. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. That's such a common. It comment.
1: wasn't the, you know, the sleepless nights and I had a one and a half year old and a newborn. Lost that had nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with that. <laughs> So I decided, you know, I went on another year and it just wasn't getting that much better. So I would try to bandage it with things like, let's go on a vacation. Let's do this. Let's do a family thing. Let me try this business exponential, like all these different things. You know, they were little business things, but I would try to make crafts and sell them and go to craft fairs or like, I just tried various things. Mm-hmm. Nothing was fulfilling me. Mm-hmm. and. I just kept searching and searching. And so a couple of years after that, I just had a thought one day and it was, well, why don't you just go into private practice? I mean, you have a master's degree. I had to work out some, you know, little details to figure out what that would look like. But I remember feeling so scared. I didn't want it to be another thing I just did. And at the time, how I saw it was failed at. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to start this thing and fail at it again. Mm -hmm. And I waited a couple months and then I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to dip my toe in and see how this goes. My business started off as one thing and it has evolved over the last few years into something very different. But I'm really grateful for that because Mm -hmm. it's taught me a lot about myself as a business owner, but also just interpersonally a lot about myself. yeah! Going into business will do that. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Yes, it <laughs> definitely being a business owner pulls at these parts of you that you've been trying to hide from and <laughs> it exposes them. Even my husband, he's been a business owner for 30 years, and I talked to him about it and he's like, Yeah, yup, that's all he'll say. Yup, I feel the same way. He says it's gotten better over the years, but you know, I think that across the board a lot of business owners struggle with. Well, we want to be the best, right? We want to put out the best. We want to do all of these things. We have all these ideas and we don't want to fail. But failure is a part of building Learning. who you are and building what you want to do. It's just trying to move through that that mm-hmm. barrier, is what will stop you. And I have felt those stops along the way. Mm-hmm. And so I got into this business and like I said, it's taught me a lot about myself and it's evolved from one thing into another. And so now I'm at this place of helping individuals build confidence, like whatever area of life that might be, relationships, recovery, decision-making, just as an individual, like helping them build confidence and see their self-worth. So that's where I've landed today.
0: Amazing. There's a lot of stuff I want to come back to in that intro. But for now, before we like digging into confidence as like the umbrella of our discussion, you've talked about checking those boxes. And I know your experience is not uncommon. I experienced the same. I went for the degree, the job. I got married. We bought a house. Like I was ticking all those things. And yet... Like you were saying, we feel like although we have all those accomplishments, we're not enjoying what we have. It feels like there's still something missing. Either something is wrong with us, like we are not enough. It is not enough or we're dissatisfied. Why does that happen for so many of us that go on the path of like, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, quote unquote. And yet we don't get to feel how we thought we would feel when we get there.
1: I think a lot of it is. That we should all over ourselves, I like to call it. We should all over ourselves. So we put all these expectations on ourselves of what we think we should be or how we should be. And that comes from various places, social media being the number one culprit, you know, or people in our lives or childhood stories that we accumulated over the years or Mm -hmm. life experiences. So, we develop this mindset and this narrative of this is what we should be. This is how we should be. I should feel happy. I should be this way. I should be making more money. I should be this. I should be that. And so, what we're doing essentially is just burying ourselves. We're not lifting ourselves up, Mm -hmm. not allowing ourselves to experience the thing that we actually want because we're trapped in these unrealistic expectations and pressures that we are really just extras you know all these extra things that mm. we put on ourselves and one thing i learned early on in recovery is an expectation is just an expectation right realistic or unrealistic an expectation is an expectation so even if it's a small thing like you have an expectation that your husband says hi to you when you walk in the door and he doesn't you're going to feel let down by that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So anytime we put these realistic or unrealistic expectations on ourselves, we really are doing the opposite of building ourselves towards confidence.
0: Because we put that on the external. We put that on what we're receiving from outside of ourselves. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, like a lot of, I mean, it can be external materialistic things, but also internally, like we have these expectations that, I should be happy. I should feel joy. I have all these things. I have the degree. I have the baby. I have the marriage. I have a supportive partner, whatever it is. It could be external. It could also be internal. When we have all these expectations, it ultimately is just weighing us down. And the analogy Mm. that I like to use with people is like rocks in a backpack
0: Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. you
1: are essentially adding all these additional rocks into your backpack and then trying to climb a mountain towards a goal or towards something you're trying to do, a place that you want to be in. But you have all these things weighing you down. And those things are the shoulds and the expectations. So
0: what's the alternative? Like, what do we do instead of putting those rocks into our bag? If we do have a goal, what's like the first step? to not make ourselves heavier as we move in that direction?
1: The thing that I like to use in reference is a pyramid. I don't know. I love pyramids. Uh There's something about them that just flows nicely. And so the bottom of the pyramid would be awareness. The first step would be increasing your awareness of the narratives that you have, the mindset, the things that are blocking you from becoming the thing you want to become or reaching the top of that mountain. Although I will say, I don't think we ever really have a destination. (laughs) You know, I don't think we ever really fully reach the top of the mountain. I will just kind of throw that in there. But I think having awareness and increasing that awareness is number one. And I get it. It's scary. It's scary to increase our awareness. It's scary to have to look at those parts of ourselves that we don't want to look at. They're shadows. We we might not like what we see. Yeah, we don't always like what we find. We don't. We don't like what we find. If we find it and we can understand it and have an awareness about it and eventually find an acceptance about it, it's not that straight Mm -mm. and narrow, Mm -hmm. but it's a very windy road to get there. But what if? What if you had acceptance over these? darker sides of yourself or these qualities and things that you don't like and that you reject. Yeah. So the first step is awareness, is increasing that awareness and allowing that information to come in and to flow through you. So awareness with acceptance. If we looked at those narratives that we
0: have in our mind, or if we look at what's going on in our mindset or blockages, what are the common things that people experience, either roadblocks or limiting beliefs that stops them to move towards building more confidence in their life?
1: I think it's various things. I think it comes from childhood experiences and stories that we've developed, which I know that you talk about on the show. And I think in some way, we're all kind of aware of it, but Mm -hmm. it's how aware of it are we? And so I think childhood experiences, stories, and life experiences that really come into play that shape the barriers and that are those roadblocks that will stop us from moving in the direction that we want to move in. And once you increase that awareness, the next step would be acknowledgement. Of that, right? Acknowledgement of the information that you've received, acknowledgement of these stories that you've always told yourself, these narratives that you have formed. Mine is that I'm not loved and I'm not accepted by other people, and I've always wanted to fit in. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure most of us can relate to that on some level, right? We all want to connect and belong with someone in a community and people around us. But mine is I've never felt like I fit in anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so that's the story. So I will go out and I will find things that make that story true unintentionally. Yep. Right. But I attract those things that say, yep, see, here you go. You're not accepted. Yep. Here you go. You're a failure again. And it's always a work in progress. It's something I'm still working on, but trying to reframe that mindset, reframe those narratives and how I'm receiving that information has been a game changer for me, right? Yeah. Kind of going back to, just to give an example, going back to when I was doing all the business things after the second baby, mm-hmm. I was scared to start this business, my coaching business, because again, I didn't want to be a failure at it. So that's the thing that stopped me for months before taking I actually the lead started the for taking
0: risks. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm because I didn't want that feeling. I didn't want that feeling of being a failure. But fast forward down the road, I started to reframe that. And that was through a lot of conversations with people and journaling and increasing that awareness and acknowledgement of these narratives. But I started to see how those things weren't failures. They actually, they just didn't pan out. And the reason is because they weren't my purpose, right? That's Mm -hmm. not the thing I was meant to do. But they gave me a foundation in business. They gave me some exposure of little things like building a website. I learned how to do that during that time, right? There Mm -hmm. were certain things that skills that it did give me. But this whole time I was thinking, I fail. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm not going to succeed at this new business. But once I reframed it and saw it in a different way, it totally changed how I moved forward and experienced those roadblocks in the future.
0: Yeah. So for listeners that hear what you're saying and they're like, okay, obviously reframing really works and helps. What does that mean? If they're like, what do I do? What is the action of reframing? Like, what do I need to do to change that belief? If all my life I've believed that I'm a failure, I'm not enough, I'm not lovable, life is chaos, like whatever it is I believe, what do I do to start the reframe?
1: There's a couple things. So, one, you know, this isn't something that's available to everyone or something that people might not have, but having a good support network, a lot of mine was talking with other people and getting mm-hmm. their perspective. And they essentially reframed it for me and hearing that enough mirroring you that there's a different like reality different way of thinking actually happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And that's not available to everyone. So, I mean, that is one thing. If your listeners have that option, I say, you know, go for that. Talk to the people that are closest to you that you know will offer you that different perspective. Or if they're in therapy, you know, talking to your therapist about it. Yeah. An exercise that I give to people that you can also do is in your journal or on a piece of paper, write all of those limiting beliefs that you have, all those narratives that you have, and then write what would the opposite of that be right? Because you're not trained to like, you're driving in your car and you're having all of these negative thoughts about yourself. You're not trained to say, oh, let me reframe this. Yeah. You have to, it's like a muscle. You have to practice it and build it. So hearing it enough from other people or writing it down the opposite of what that limiting belief is and that thought is, and then just picking one to focus on, not trying to reframe like 10 thoughts, (laughs) picking one One that maybe shows up the most often and picking that. And so when that comes up, say, oh, wait, I know how to reframe this because I wrote it down and then reframe it into, you know, the new way that you wrote down.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard something just a few days ago that was kind of a little light bulb moment for me where the person was talking about limiting beliefs and she was saying they are just the reason you tell yourself why you can't do something and so instead of trying to like figure out what's my limiting belief like if people are there and they're like i don't even really know what's the narrative i tell myself that's stopping me what are the reason you say i can't do x like make those lists of reason that you think you're unable to whatever the goal is the dream is the next step in your business and your you know personal development is whatever the reason you say i can't do those are your limiting beliefs. So starting from there, I was like, oh, that is such a simple way to explain to someone that's like, I don't really, you know, it's not clear like what they are. Like, I think for people like me and you that we've been in this kind of sphere for a long time, we take that for granted sometimes. Like, of course, I know what <laughs> you know my limiting beliefs are, but I think it's a really simple way to look at it. And then from there, like you're saying, like calling the opposite and be like, what are the reasons why maybe I could do this? you know, like keeping it really simple. Like, how would it be possible for me? Like just entertaining that possibility, that idea. And like, that is a nice way to start.
1: Yeah. Oh, I really like that. And that's a good point. You're right. Like when we get into doing the work, sometimes we forget what it was like in the beginning. The other thing that I like to do with some of my clients is visualizing. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a form of manifesting, but visualizing if confidence is the thing you want, right? Or self-worth is the thing you want. Cause sometimes we know what we want. We want happiness. We don't always know that, but sometimes we kind of have an idea of, I want to feel happy. I want to feel more free. I want to feel fill in the blank. Okay. So let's do a visual of what would that be like to have a mm. life like that yeah. and have yeah. them close their eyes. And I actually had a client. It was a really beautiful moment who struggles with a lot of GI issues and stomach pain, and it prevents them from being able to really live their life and the career they want. And so we did this. We did a visual of what would it be like to live a life completely free of this pain and just tears flowed, Mm, mm -hmm. right? And for various reasons, but it's very powerful. You have to be able to see yourself in it.
0: Yeah, it's The first step of believing it's possible. You can't even like mentally produce it in your brain. Like that's how far you're like, I don't think this is possible. You first have to be able to imagine it.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing that we do is sometimes we get stuck in the where we want to be that we're not focused on right now. The steps mm. that you could take right now to help Build the confidence, build that self worth, build whatever it is that you want. I think that we get stuck in that visual and that actually, or that idea of what we think we should be, and we get stuck in that, and that actually increases feelings of depression and sadness.
0: Yeah, because it's so far down the road, it's so like unattainable. You know, it doesn't in a seem way.
1: possible.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we do that visualization, if we think about like what confidence is, what does it look like for you? What does it feel like to be confident or to have more self-worth for listeners that are like, inspire me to (laughs) figure it out for myself? Yeah,
1: Well, I think it goes along with what I was just saying, you know, if confidence is the thing that we want, that seems so far away. And sometimes we can talk ourselves out of it and be like, oh, well, that's not me, or I'm not going to get there. And that can increase our feelings of depression and get really down on ourselves and feel like we're not capable of doing it. But what I always tell people is confidence isn't always a feeling. It's an action. It's Mm -hmm. not a feeling. Sometimes we wait till we feel confident. Oh, when I'm confident, I will have that conversation. I will go. You're going to wait a long time. (laughs) You will be waiting your whole life. (laughs) Right. Like even, for example, doing this interview. I get nervous when I do interviews Mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily feel confident walking into it. But when I have that conversation with myself, I will say like, well, you know what you're talking about, right? Do you trust that you do this day in and day out? And so I will have that conversation with myself. And I think that's what it comes down to is, do you believe in yourself and have the ability to learn? That's what confidence is. The example I like to give is it's like riding a bike, right? If someone says, can you ride a bike? And you say, yeah, I can ride a bike. Okay, well, I have this new bike here and it has all these new gears and it has a motor on it. Can you ride that bike? Well, I don't know, but I could try, mm-hmm. right? That's confidence because you yeah. know that you can ride a bike. So do you believe that you can learn how to ride this new bike? It's more of this belief and trust within yourself that you can learn how to do something. Yeah, yeah, because I think like when you take that action of courage of like, okay, I'm going
0: to try, right? Like that's courageous, that's scary. When you step into the scariness, into the unknown, you build your capability over time. Like you learn the skills, you learn the pieces, you put it together And every time it gets a little bit less scary because you're like, I've done this before. Like I've done an interview before. I host my own podcast. I've talked about this with clients all day long. You've built your capability around the subject in this example. And so that confidence kind of starts to just happen with the layering of courage and capability that you build over time.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing is the vulnerability piece right? Being vulnerable and saying, well, I don't know how to ride that bike because Mm -hmm. I've never rode a bike like that, but you know, maybe I'll watch some videos or someone can teach me how to do it. And you become resourceful in being able to figure it out. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's really what confidence is. It's not always about the knowing and the doing it's, like a feeling, it's about, can you figure out a way to do the thing that you want to do?
0: Yeah, I like that. Because that's available to everyone.
1: Yeah, it is. And we will, you know, again, it depends on your limiting beliefs, but we will talk ourselves out of it. Like, oh, well, what I wanted to say, the vulnerability piece is admitting, no, I don't know how to ride that bike, but let me figure it out right? Sometimes we think confidence is, oh yeah, I could figure, I know how to ride that bike when you really don't. Like you don't need to pretend to be something that you're not,
0: yeah. mm-hmm. right?
1: Vulnerability mm-hmm. is also just admitting sometimes that you don't know how to do something. You don't know how to have a conversation. You don't know how to do a job interview or something at your job. And so you become, again, resourceful and figure out and gather this information to build that up.
0: Yeah. There's something so beautiful in that vulnerability. And I learned that kind of the hard way because I've always been attracted to men that are really highly confident. And in my first, you know, few decades, I ended up with men that were really falsely confident, that were actually so deeply insecure, but they were projecting this like such strong confidence. <laughs> right. And <laughs> it was like all a facade. And so, like, you learn over time when it's, kind of true confidence and what it actually looks like and feels like.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely trial and error and a lot of things (laughs) that you're like, oh, yeah, probably didn't handle that the best way or shouldn't have done that. But that is the process of learning. And I mean, for me, I have a not a similar example, but along the same lines of men. When I first got clean, you know, I was 20 years old in a room full of older men. And younger men too. And I was a young female. And I always thought that through my self worth was like contingent on like sleeping with guys. Mm. And so that's what I would do. But when I got clean, I started to realize, well, that's not a behavior that serves me anymore. And I don't want that anymore. But I was having these experiences of men being inappropriate with me and crossing over boundaries. And I, Really struggled. I would laugh it off and not set boundaries, and so building confidence. I actually pendulated the other way from being passive to being aggressive, and they didn't like that very much, and I didn't like it either. But I would become so nervous about setting boundaries that it would just come out in this yes. way, it was very aggressive. <laughs> and over time, I learned how to find that middle ground of being a assertive, saying no, saying when I'm not comfortable with something. And one thing that has always stuck with me in a loving and caring way, even if they're not being respectful or they're saying inappropriate things, I still can hold myself with integrity and set boundaries and be assertive. And so that wasn't something that I was confident in doing. I had to learn. I had to play around with different ways of doing that and communicating it until I found out what worked for me.
0: Yeah. So as we work through kind of this in our own life and we build our awareness and we acknowledge where we stand and we work on acceptance, what are your favorite tools then to start really building that confidence and that self-worth?
1: So the top of the pyramid is integration. Mm -hmm. It's really integrating all the information that you learn in stage one awareness And then acknowledgement and also part of acknowledgement is learning some regulation. I didn't note that earlier, but learning regulation with your body Mm -hmm. and your mind and being able to check in with yourself, being able to learn about your nervous system and how to regulate that. And so then the final step is integrating, really integrating all the information that you're learning and applying it. And again, that trial and error, figuring out what works, what doesn't work, learning from the failures, from the mistakes, from the things that worked well, like learning from all of it is really just integrating it into your life. So you take all the information from in here inside your head and on the paper and you start applying it into the real world.
0: Yeah. And that nervous system, like deepening your relationship to yourself and your nervous system and then integrating like trial and error over time and discovering and experimenting with it, it's also building your own self-trust. And that's going to kind of leak into your confidence, right? Like you're within yourself, you're getting to know yourself better. You're observing yourself, you're taking action. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to take a new action. So you're like having this dance with yourself of learning to trust.
1: Yeah. It's always a dance. And I think just the journey of life, I sometimes like to think of it like a river. Right. And there's like places along the river you can get off and take a break and kind of cool down and integrate. And, but then you get back on the river, right? The journey never really ends. Mm, And I mm -hmm. thought that for so long, like when I, well, I'm still in recovery, but, you know, during that process, I just learned so much about myself. I felt so great and I didn't think anything could stop me. And then I had all these things come to a halt and, what I had learned was I use busyness to avoid a lot of things about myself that I don't like. Mm -hmm. And then once I learned about that, there was disordered eating that came and I had to figure out like how my obsession with fitness and eating in a healthy way was really impairing my life. And so I went through that journey, right? Increase the awareness, acknowledge (laughs) it. And then I had to integrate it. So it's, All these steps along the way, and I'm on this river, and I have to get off sometimes, I have to take a break, I have to take that step back, but I get back on the river. And my biggest thing that I've learned in the last year or so is, is that, right? That the journey doesn't end. Like It always is going to continue to unlayer, and you will continue to just learn more about yourself, but each layer deepens so you get closer to yourself. So you build that confidence within yourself. And once I accepted that, I wouldn't say it becomes easier, but you understand it better, right? That the journey just keeps unfolding.
0: Well, it comes back to managing your expectations. We were talking in the beginning, it changes your expectations of what the result in the journey looks like.
1: Yes, exactly. You know, when I had the expectation of, oh, this is where it ends, like life, it just stays like this.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Totally.
1: I think even when you get to a place where you feel completely confident or you're feeling really great, like you've really exposed the inner child and all those shadow sides and the dark places that we don't want to look at, there's still things that pop up. I think the more confident you
0: feel, like the bigger challenges you take on. So like there's always kind of a little bit of a catching up to do. Because you'll feel ready to take something on bigger, like a bigger project, a bigger risk, a bigger right. So you're never fully arrived because you make that choice of continuing on that journey. If you wanted to,
1: honestly, I think life would be boring though. If we, if I think we so did too. It, right, yeah. we would have yeah. nothing to do to stimulate ourselves. So life would be boring without this process of self growth and continued I learning. Agree. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like something that's beautiful about life for sure.
1: Yeah. And I think kind of going off what you just said too, you do build that trust with yourself along the way of going back to the bike analogy. Can I learn how to ride that bike? Can I figure it out? Yeah. And each time you walk through an experience, you are building that trust with yourself, even though it's painful, even though it's difficult, you are building that trust. So when the harder things come along, you will stop and you will say, okay, wait, hold on. I got this. I will figure this out. Things always figure themselves out. And I always have figured out a way through it. So I will also figure this one out too. Yeah, I love that. And
0: it brings me back to something you were saying in the beginning about people telling you that you were too early in your recovery journey to take action X, Y, Z, like that you were not worthy of this yet. And it also made me think like I'm kind of putting all these little dots together. A lot of our listeners are highly sensitive and Mm -hmm. highly sensitive people are so vulnerable to criticism, to rejection, to just negative feedback. And that will undermine their confidence. So whether we're highly sensitive or not, do you have any tips for receiving other people's feedback on that journey when we are already dealing with our own limiting beliefs, but we also have to hear other people tell us? or receive feedback that tells us that we are not good enough or we are not moving in the right direction? How do we build some resilience and self-trust well, within I just, that?
1: I like had a reaction because I'm like, <laughs> oh, I know. I remember that feeling and I still get it from yeah. time to time, but that feeling of like criticism. And I remember it from when I was starting my career, right? And all the things people would say, they weren't mean about it. It was just feedback but I took it so personally. Same. And it's just, oh, like it's just such a- Heartbreaking. cringe, yeah. And I would ruminate on it and sit with it and just take it so personally. I think the biggest thing that I learned, and I don't know if this is helpful or not, but the biggest thing I learned in recovery is take what you need and leave the rest. So I would take what I needed from whatever they were saying, ask myself, is there any truth to what they're saying? If someone's giving me feedback or criticism, is there any truth to it? Okay, if there is, then you know what? I Let me learn sucks. from it. Yeah, it sucks to hear that about myself, but I need to take this and honor it and learn about it and move through that. And if it's not true, I'm going to toss it and I'm going to leave it over there in the pile Yeah, because I don't need that because not yeah. everything people say to you is true. Absolutely always asking not. asking myself, you know, is there truth to it? Yes. Okay. Keep it. No. Toss it away. Yeah. Good. That's a good
0: tip. Love it.
1: <laughs> it's a place to start. At least like, you it know, is. next time you receive criticism,
0: you can like take a moment to be like, okay, do I take this in or do I throw this out? And you can make that choice. Like that's the first step. And then you deal with it the best way you can. But giving yourself that little bit of space to make a decision on like, how much do you take intake from other people?
1: Yeah. And I think that was the most helpful thing early, early on when I was starting this process was that just simple statement. When I would feel that criticism, feel that cringe and that discomfort, that was the biggest thing that would help me move through it. Like I would just try to repeat that in my head, take what you need, leave the rest, take what you need, leave the rest. And you continue to build your self-trust because you put what you feel and you
0: believe is true first, and not what they say. Like in what they say, there's probably some value in there. But then you rely on yourself to go through that and make the selection that will serve you. And some of it, it might be true, but you might not be ready to deal with it right now. And that you will toss it for now. You will come back to it next time it's brought up to you, right? Like so, like building our trust in ourselves. Like I'm taking what I can handle right now. I'm moving forward on the path. Thank you for your feedback. But this is just this little piece is what I'm going to deal with at this moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. Anything else you want to add before we finish? If there's like one takeaway or one piece of advice you would want to give someone that's struggling with their confidence right now, what would that be?
1: Ooh, one piece? (laughs) (laughs) How do I pick just one? I think the biggest thing is just take that step forward. Again, this is easier said than done, but don't overthink it, right? We try to like think our way through these changes and. And really it needs to start with action, right? What is the next step that would, whatever you have going on in your life right now, what is one thing that would help you feel good about moving through that change? Not thinking about what the outcome is Mm. going to be or what you're going to become or how that's going to play out, but right now. What do you need to do? Is it a tough conversation that you need to have? Do you need to journal about something? Do you need to ask for more information? Like, whatever it is, right? Just one small step that isn't going to even feel small. It's going to feel like a lot, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just right in front of you. How can I handle this right here? And eventually, over time, that starts to build. But you don't know that unless you take the first step. So, just like, Make it small, make it smaller, yeah. not so big because and make it an owl. Yeah, because three if it's too years. big, then you're overwhelmed and you're not going to do it. You're just going to shut down. So yeah. make it something small and tangible that you know that you can do. Even if it scares you, you know that you're capable of it. Love it. I'll put all your
0: info in the show notes, obviously. But in the meantime, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to say hi or they have more questions about what we've talked about today or they want to work with you in some capacity?
1: So my Instagram handle is Coaching. I'm also on YouTube as well. And I post a lot of the podcast episodes and videos and shorts, all on different tips to help build confidence, decision-making, all about anxiety. So there's a lot of different information there for you. And then my website is www.elevateyourlifecoachingschool.com can find more information there about blogs. And my podcast is Healthy Mind, Happy Life. So you can find me there as well, wherever you listen to podcasts. And then the last thing is I did just release a new journaling prompt book. It's called Unshakable Confidence. So if you really aren't sure, yeah, even after hearing all of this, where do I begin? It's just a lot of information this ebook will walk you through five different sections with different questions to help start opening that door for you.
0: Love it. So we'll put all the link in the show notes. People can find it there. Thank you so much, Kaylin, for joining us today. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for having me, Erica. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes. If this episode has helped you, you can pass it on and help someone else by leaving your review. Plus, when you leave a review to say thank you, I'll give you access to our premium membership for free for a full month. All you have to do is send me a screenshot of your review and we'll get you all set up. Find the show notes for this episode at ericabelanger.com slash 178. And before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. This includes all our premium members. Once again, thank you for listening. See you next Monday.